It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program. I'm Roger Bouchard. I'm here Monday through Friday in some way, some fashion. And I uh, like to share the microphone with uh, others because um, others have their views, too. And they're not necessarily mine. Yesterday it was um, Jeff Kamash uh, helping us out. And a pleasure having him here today. Christopher Boulay is regular Thursday appearance in studio. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you here. Hey, we've got a lot of topics to talk about. However, because it is a telephone talk show, you are welcome to call in and give your opinion on any topic whatsoever. May we share our telephone numbers with you, 7690600. That's our traditional 1954 standing telephone number here. Imagine having a telephone um, uh, that goes back to 1954, a telephone number. It does. It was Poplar 90600 back then. 7690600 today. Also 7661380. Anything that you want to talk about, we'll talk about it with you here on the Upfront Program. Well, because uh, Chris um, is our guest host today, as he is on Thursdays, we're going to let him open up the discussion. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Again, for the third or fourth week in a row, I wanted to talk a little bit about the market. I know this morning you indicated on on Daybreak, uh, knowing that you wanted to talk about it. Yesterday we had another uh, pullback, and now the market's going back and forth trying to anticipate are we going to have uh, a second wave of COVID-19 what's it going to do I think it was announced I'm not sure that Disneyland uh, is going to be pushed out now they were going to open up on July 17th I believe and then they made an announcement and clearly you know, Walt Disney is a huge company with a lot of things going on but when you're shutting down one of your biggest theme parks that's going to have a, a real problem so you had a pullback yesterday, but the markets are still pretty near their all-time highs. And what I wanted to focus on is the NASDAQ, which uh, has been around. We talked about that. Many listeners know it's been around since the early 70s. And it became a competitor of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I should say the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange. So it's all computerized. The New York Stock Exchange has floor traders to move things along. They came back. And the NASDAQ is completely electronic. And the other thing the NASDAQ does is they count a buy and a sell uh, as two different transactions. So if they have, you know, 500 million shares trading hands in one day, it was really 250. They count the buy and the sell. But it's so technology-driven, and people have heard about the FANG stocks, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Netflix, and Apple. And those stocks have actually done phenomenal. And, again, this isn't a recommendation, but you think about how, the economy is going up and down and you've got brick and mortar businesses you know restaurants and retail and they're really struggling but the fang stocks facebook well if people are going to be at home maybe they're on facebook somebody made a joke they're not putting as many selfies because they haven't gotten a haircut but you've got amazon doing very very well delivering products left and right as people aren't leaving their house google you're, you're on the internet all the time doing well. Uh, I know you love Netflix. I pay for Netflix, but I've never actually watched it. Uh, my kids watch it. And, um, you know, they've got some great shows. I know. Is it, is it Downton Abbey? Is that, the, is that on Netflix? Um, I'm not sure if that... Uh, no, that's on uh, what they call the uh, Prime Video. And then you, have, oh, you yes. have to order within Prime Video PBS. So it's extra. So you want to watch Downton Abbey. It's going to cost you a pretty penny. It does? Yeah. Okay, my daughter loves that, so I guess I'm paying for that. Yeah, you are. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then, of course, Apple. Um, at people are working from home more. I bought a new iPhone 11. I purchased a new laptop that I have in front of me. So those companies have done phenomenal, and they've actually driven up the NASDAQ where those companies derive over 50% of the market value of, of, of NASDAQ. So, therefore, it's not always a proxy. But people are touching those products all the time, ordering stuff on Amazon, looking stuff on Google, looking on Facebook, watching Netflix and owning Apple. And they haven't missed a beat uh, in this whole COVID-19 issue. Chris, are there any stocks that are so popular 
so expensive that you can't you can't buy them. In other words, sold out like a like a baseball park. We can't put you in. There is every seat is filled in the ballpark. That uh, exists in the world of uh, trading. No, it, it really doesn't. Um, when a company is public, any you can if you go through a broker, whether it's a full service broker or a discount broker, you can purchase those shares. Some of them to be expensive and to be. Um, cost a lot of money are kind of two different things. One of the things I, I talk about is Amazon. You know, Amazon doesn't make a lot, and I'm going to answer your question, Amazon does not make a lot, high percentage, it's very low dis, uh, volume, um, low margin business, but they do so much. I think they do about four or $500 billion of sales every year, but they don't make that much money. But the price earnings ratio is probably like about 150, so it's expensive. But um, no, if a stock is on a New York Stock Exchange or a NASDAQ, and you have the money, you can buy it. One of the interesting things when you talk about an expensive stock, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, their A share, they've never done a split. So I think the shares are about $400,000 a piece now. A B share is probably around, I don't know, $250. One share? One share. $400,000. Right. I'm, I'm taking it off the top of my head. I, I'll probably look it up at the break. But what happened is uh, Warren Buffett decided that he never wanted to do a split. So many of these companies, like a Disney or a Microsoft, they've split many times. So what that means is you have a $200 stock and you own 100 shares. What will happen is they'll bring down the price to $100 and now you have 200 shares. Well, very successful companies have done that time and time again. One of them I think about is Disney. I was talking to a friend the other day about how so many people actually own the certificates because they have the picture of uh, Walt Disney on the certificate. It's actually a, a paper as opposed to going through the system. But with uh, Berkshire Hathaway A shares, they've never ever split. So, you know, to buy one would cost as much as most people's houses and more so. All right, thank you. I guess um, I guess um, Berkshire Hathaway is out of my uh, out of my zone in terms of acquiring a stock. Sorry. All right, you're on the upfront program. What do you want to talk about today? Seven six nine zero six hundred is our telephone number. Seven six six thirteen eighty open line conversation. I do want to remind you that the coronavirus is still with us and the dedicated workers in hospitals and screening sites and nursing homes and all public health services continue their efforts to keep us safe and secure until conditions change for the better. Woonsocket Health and Rehabilitation Center salutes our frontline professionals for their dedication to us and Woonsocket Health and Rehabilitation Center on Poplar Street here in Woonsocket. Is family owned and operated by the Pacelli family. And uh, thank you very much for that message. The Roast House is open for dining seven days a week from 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring outside dining and, of course, takeout. Be listening soon for information on inside dining as Massachusetts permits. To make a reservation to dine outside or place a takeout order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check our menu on the Internet at RoastHouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House Palm Street Blackstone welcomes back old and new customers. Inside and outside dining also available in Pawtucket. All right, inside and outside dining available at the uh, Roast House, and uh, we certainly hope that you'll consider going over there. They got a nice, nice uh, luncheon menu, and you can have uh, luncheon items as low as um, six ninety nine. Uh, now, what can you get for six ninety nine? They have uh, the chicken and chips. With a nice um, coleslaw on the side. Very, very tasty. Chicken and chips available right there at um, the Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. And the Roast House in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Hope you'll consider visiting the Roast House today. All right, those are a few of the um, ads that uh, we wanted to do. We have a few others. But uh, we have other topics uh, to to introduce. Some very local and some... um, Global in scope, and um, Christopher Boulay is joining us on Thursday. And what else is on your agenda? Well, first, I'm going to make a clarification that I implied I was going to make. I guesstimated at uh, Berkshire Hathaway shares at four hundred thousand. In actuality, in the last year or two, it's only touched about three hundred forty-two thousand dollars. So oh. I was off there by uh, sixty thousand dollars. But again, that's one share that comes to my mind and a lot of people's mind that never ever split. So having said that, 
you and Jeff, and it was talked about last night, mm-hmm. the um, the candidates have uh, come in in terms of who's going to run for office. And what do you think about that? And are you surprised how few uh, uh, positions are, uh, enough positions are actually unopposed? Well, uh, I'm not surprised because I've been watching this trend over the years, um, you know, uh, when you were a younger man and your dad was following politics in Woonsocket, and he opened up uh, the Woonsocket call, which was probably 50 pages in length in those days. When he opened up the Woonsocket call after the Board of Canvases closed for, for registering people who were interested in running for office, it would be, I can remember, more than 60. 60 people just turning out for a city council race. But, you know, running for public office is uh, not a, a pleasant uh, duty anymore. It's not a pleasant task. Uh, you take a, a lot of hits from, from all sides. And I really do commend and respect those who run for office and uh, those who stay in public service because uh, they are, for what they get uh, in terms of uh, Stipends, um, certainly a real value, a real bargain to the taxpayer. And you have to have a council to keep an eye on the mayor's office. And the mayor has got to keep an eye on the council. And it's the citizens that have to keep an eye on both uh, both of them so that we have good, um, good government. So, back to your question. Was I surprised to see this lean turnout? No. Uh, what I'm interested in watching is uh, the progressive movement uh, in Woonsocket, and I would say that there are more progressive-leaning candidates who turned out on the, um, at the border canvases than there are, shall we say, middle-of-the-road candidates or, shall we say, conservative candidates. Progressives are there, and um, if you don't watch who you're voting for, you could have the most uh, shall we say, um, different Woonsocket City Council than anyone has ever seen. And anyone who doesn't go out and vote in November, and that happens, uh, it'll be nothing but, um, but you to, um, to blame. You know, John DePietro, Chris, was uh, interviewing a guy who was deciding to run. He was a former state representative, and he lost. And he uh, is rerunning to get his seat back to the person he lost to. And he's a Republican. And the reason, and he lost by 20 votes in East Greenwich. And he said, the reason I lost is because there were 532 Republicans in the town of East Greenwich that never came out to vote. He said, so if they were Republicans, and I'm running as a Republican, I could have easily, you know, been reelected. So it's really not who's going to vote in November. It's who fails to vote in November that will get them the government that they want. And incidentally, if that's the government that you want, then more power to you. The taxpayers have spoken. Maybe um, we want um, a different uh, type of, uh, of uh, approach to government. And there's my long answer to a very short question. <laughs> well, my thought was, and I, and I shared with Mr. Portress last night as I was driving, the, you, you, sometimes you get the government that you pay for and that you deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a, it's a tough job to be a Woonsocket City Council member and all of the time constraints that, that, and all of the time commitment that you have to make for $9,000. And your school committee member, I think it's what, it was about eight grand and, and five grand. Mm-hmm. And then you got the mayor's position paying $87,000, running a $150 million corporation. So my th- and then you've got $17,000, $18,000 a year plus health care for the, for the uh, General Assembly members. And I, it's not that popular because I remember years back during the um, Budget Commission, one city council member pushed back and saying, you know, $10,000 is not very much for all the work we do. Now you want to cut it to nine. And that individual was, was uh, summarily kicked out of office. But for the General Assembly, 
I would get rid of every legislative grant and I'd give some of that money to the General Assembly members. And you hate to have somebody where $17,000 means a lot to them. And that's why they're doing it. If you paid, if you paid a little bit more, I think you would, you would get higher quality. I think we're out, we've got a great city council right now. And, you know, and again, going back to your point, if we don't vote, it could, it could change substantially. You know, imagine having three other Alexes on the city council. You might as well just, you know, sell your house. Um, but if we could pay these people a little bit more and, and attract the candidates, you know, 15 people, if uh, Michael Disney doesn't pull out, you know, if he, if he does pull out, we wouldn't even need a, a primary. Right. Maybe he won't return his papers, which is uh, pulling out anyway. All right. So it's an interesting field uh, that has uh, projected itself. Uh, there are 15 uh, out there. And uh, so... We'll see what happens. Hey, if you have a comment on it, you're welcome to comment on it. You're welcome to say, you guys are just full of it. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we love those calls right. and those emails. Right. And, um, you know, maybe we are. I don't know. Uh, but if we are, please tell us uh, and um, and straighten us out because I could use some straightening out. <laughs> There's no, no question about it. You're on the Upfront program on WNRI. We welcome your calls and comments. We're going to introduce one more topic before we, uh, before we hit, a, well, hit a break. Well, just a, just a short topic. You mentioned Don, John DePietro. I was listening to him yesterday. It was kind of funny. He was talking about the connection between Seth Magazina and our governor. And that the governor had a, a couple of functions, and the only uh, official of, of the, the other four, the state officials that were attending, were, were Seth. And uh, John was funny. John was like, I'm thinking that uh, Seth is going to be running for governor. And I got news for you, DePietro. There's a 100% chance he's running for governor. Right. You know, it, 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 there's no question. And it, it kind of harkened me back to uh, Roger Beejan. When Roger was treasurer, obviously Woonsocket native, great guy, um, he decided to go for lieutenant governor as opposed to governor. You probably remember that. I remember that. There is no better position to go for governor than from treasurer. It is the easiest place to raise tons of money that you're going to need. That's what you do as treasurer. And, and um, there's just no question. I just thought it was funny that John was kind of... Uh, Lack of a better word, wishy-washy about his opinion that a magazine is going to run. There's a 100% chance that he's going to run. And things could change, but I think there's a very, very strong chance that uh, Gina is actually going to endorse him. They've got the Yale connection. They've got the investment connection. They've got the treasurer connection. They've got the liberal bias connection. Um, I think there's no question that he's going to run. And then we also heard uh, directly from the lieutenant governor at Rotary. Dan he, McKee, yeah. Dan McKee, he's, he's going to run. And I think Dan's a good candidate, but I think Magazine is a better candidate. All right. Well, uh, they're going to be out there. And um, I'll, somewhere in my paperwork in back of me, uh, Chris, I have um, maybe six or seven other names of people who are, are uh, potential gubernatorial candidates in Rhode Island. There's going to be, um, there's going to be quite a fuss for who's... Uh, going to be our next governor because uh, a lot of people think they can do uh, a better job <laughs> so uh, anyway getting somebody to run you know interesting thing where we just barely could get enough candidates for um, school committee three of the incumbents um, came back uh, you know mr barger and ms uh, lynn bouvier kapiskus and mr donald burke uh, but there are five um five positions. Eleanor Nato did not uh, decide to run again, and uh, also Rebecca Capwell um, decided that uh, she wasn't going to take her papers out. So, uh, there were two other people who did um, indicate an interest in running for school committee. They may be the only people on the ballot. So, in other words, um, there might be five names and it was just going to be just five people elected. Interesting goings on in Woonsocket politics, and um, they're at both ends. The candidate uh, end, lack of interest, and maybe on the voter end, lack of interest. We'll see that in November.
Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And the sale goes on on Kettle Vodka, $32.99 for the 1.75 liter bottle. And Bacardi Rum, the 1.75-liter bottle, is only $23.99. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway does high-rise and senior complex delivery service, too. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. All right, Champs Liquors, we're open for customer service. For a couple of months there, um, wanted a bottle of wine, you'd have to go to the door. Can I have a... A bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, they'd bring it to you from the uh, from the display shelf, and then you'd pay for it there at the door. Now you can go inside and take a look at that bottle of Robert Mondavi, um, shall we say, Merlot, right? We have it right there at Champs Liquors or Keyway. In a moment, we'll take our first call of the morning. The little red truck is at your service. We are A&R Trailer Rentals in Woonsocket. We're a company that has those 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease, and 20-foot ground-level containers are also available. And we offer leasing with the option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public. So if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating, then look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of those storage facilities. And if you're looking to store seasonal items like uh, snowmobiles or jet skis, we have the perfect solution. Call Al Gagnon at 766-1919. Need temporary storage? With the little red truck, give us a call. And for your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm cow manure, or you can select from an organic mix, which is a lab tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, but also gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch available, delivered right to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you, and here is his number for rates and more information, 766-1919, 766-1919. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Talk now, radio. Let's get back to the panel. This is what we're all about. I'm Roger. Chris is here. Would you uh, re-sign in on the uh, chalkboard, please? Uh, yes, I'm here at uh, present accounted for. All right, let's press a button, get a caller online, and uh, thank you for your participation. What's on your mind today? Uh, as far as uh, local uh, voting, people better really pay attention to who they vote for because... Don't vote because the person is pleasant and smiles at you. We do not want any more progressives on the council. You've got to be very careful, and people have to come out and vote because you know they're going to have a big push on. And my last thing, I would like to see Lincoln Alman, that I believe he's the town administrator of Lincoln, to run for governor, reason being, I believe it's his father or grandfather, Lincoln Alman, who, of course, is a 1956 graduate of Central Falls High School. When he left the, uh, as governor of the state of Rhode Island, he left a surplus, a surplus. And I think the younger Lincoln Alman could learn a lot from him while he still able to help him out. Have, 
Have you ever looked at Lincoln Elman? Oh, well, I, I think you, yeah, you mean Joe? Yep, we've had him on here a, a few times. He's a great guy, and we joked about it a couple of months ago that the worst kept political secret in uh, Rhode Island was that he was going to run again. I think before he w- he won last time, he said he wasn't going to run again. So he, he, he's a he's a young looking guy. I think he's in his uh, uh, he's probably 66, 67. I, I think his political career is done. We, we could be wrong. Um, but I don't. I don't see him running again. I think he wants to retire and do other things. But uh, maybe we should uh, call him and uh, let him know he's got some fans here in Greater Woonsocket. How old did you say the, the younger one is? I, I think he's. I think he's in his. Uh, he's uh, in his sixties. He's in his sixties. Yeah. He looks like he's in his fifties. Yeah. Right. Oh my God! So that the older one must be his father. I didn't realize that. But anyway, he he would be great for our state. What help he could get from his father. Okay, and I'm looking forward to Jeff's show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. The program she's referring to, Jeff's program, is called Music Memory Sing Along at 10.05 this morning on WNRI. He's working on that show right now and is sponsored by um, American Beauty Sign Works on Providence Street in Woonsocket. And also San Diego Ice Cream in Blackstone right there on the bike path. I, I stand corrected, Mr. Armin, is 63 years old. 63, right. Yep. And he's in great uh, physical condition. And he, um, uh, but I think he just uh, says, hey, look at running the town of Lincoln has been fun. It's uh, been productive. And uh, what saved uh, his rear end and everybody else in Lincoln is Twin River. Yep. <laughs> right? I mean, um, I'm a, he's a good administrator to begin with. Not, we're not taking anything away from him. But to have that windfall of money, which Lincoln doesn't use, incidentally, just for the record, Lincoln takes their Twin River money and they put it in an escrow account and they operate their government from uh, the tax flow of dollars, and uh, so that's always an interesting little thing. And they, they may have to take a few out this year. Exactly, and uh, when we've had Joe on, he's extremely quick to compliment the prior administrations for laying the groundwork, and he's also quick to uh, thank and, and recognize people like uh, uh, John Ward, who actually helped support him, so he's not one to take a lot of credit uh, He's done a really, really good job. Lincoln's a, a great town. If I was to leave Winsocket, that would be one of the, uh, that and East Greenwich would be the two uh, places that I would think about. Good choice. We have a <laughs> caller online. Let's say hello to you. Good, um, good morning. How are you both this morning? We're great. Thank you. Terrific. Good. Um, I should like to make a couple comments, please. Proceed. We, we would like to hear them. Well, thank you. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm very concerned about what the governor did about changing the name of the state just arbitrarily by her executive order. I think it's a total disrespect of us as constituents and of the voting process because we did have a vote uh, in 2010 and we said no, we don't want it changed. And I realize things change and times change. And okay, but the Senate has said we want to put it on the ballot again. Why did she do this? Doesn't she know it's expensive to change stationery? Yeah. Who of her friends has the contract for new stationery at the state house? Uh, it, it, it just bothers me that we are disregarded so completely in her actions. I, I, I agree 100%. And the way I feel right now, it's not so much the progressives that, that are pushing this because I'm assuming it's going to get on the uh, ballot. And I think that's the right thing to do, and it's the only thing they can do because it has to be, uh, it's a constitutional requirement to change the name of, of the state. But as you know, Chuck, it was about 80% voted to keep it. And okay. so I'm going to be watching very carefully. First, I'm, I think it will be defeated, but it's, pro- it's not going to be 80% anymore. And the pe- people are just worn down with this progressive stuff where th- they're thinking of the things. So you, you've got to the point where... And Roger and I talk, probably talk about this every time, is that you've you, you got to stand up for yourself and you've got to stand up for what I, I think, you know, uh, what, what America is about. And, 
you've got people trying to change America, and you've got people shouting down people who 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 want to defend that, and it's very frustrating. Yes, it is frustrating, and that leads me to my second comment that I wanted to make. It seems as if um, the people who are crying, we need tolerance, we need acceptance, we need inclusion. They're very strong about that and very opinionated about that, but they only want acceptance and, and inclusion and tolerance on their terms, and they will tolerate no one else. So they want everyone to be tolerant and inclusive in their way, but they will not put up with anyone that questions them or has a difference of opinion. And to me, that's mm-hmm. marching in goose-step obedience. It's a new fascism. Right. And I... And, and, oh, God, I'm sorry. Please, go ahead. You know, and it's just... And it just... It is frustrating because when you ask a question or pose a, an opposing a position on something, you're immediately labeled as a racist or, or whatever. And that's not true in most cases you're just asking a question and i I find it very difficult that everyone that's espousing this new fascism doesn't see the problem with their position the aclu recently said that it's over the top to charge people with felonies for doing things like attacking the statue of christopher columbus and what have you i would uh, respectfully submit that 85% of the people who are taking down the statue or doing things don't even recognize the history. They, they're, you know, why weren't they doing this five or ten years ago? So my answer to the ACLU would be, if you don't know why you were doing it, it definitely should be a felony. Because <laughs> you probably failed the history in school. Well, we are, well, if they were taught it at all. Yeah. Maybe they were out that day. But my, my point is, is that right now we're under mob rule. And we have to get control of this. Otherwise, everyone who is being supported by the government, and there's a great deal of people in this country, anyone who gets Medicare, Medicaid, um, SNAP benefits, housing subsidies, um, anyone who's got a child in the school system, whether private or public, receives some form of federal subsidy. And you go on and on and on. Well, if you want to topple the the system that's feeding you, go right ahead, but you'll be very hungry after the fact. (laughs) Excellent points. Thank you. As always. Thank you for your call, and you are welcome to call this program, 769-0600. It is the um, upfront program on WNRI. Savini's announces a new little Italian cafe for inspiration at their outdoor dining. And Savini's Pomodoro has indoor dining, too, in their regular dining room. We've been there already. Uh, when you uh, look at the menu, you'll see Sicilian-style pizza that uh, is being offered. It's uh, something relatively new at the Savini's Pomodoro. Something not so new, though, is our clam cakes and chowder and our fish and chips and our fried clams and our sandwiches and our full menu. And they have some nice Italian things. The other night, uh, my wife had the eggplant parmesan. And I had it the next morning right here at the radio station. Yeah, uh, that, that's how generous a plate it was. So if you'd like to make a reservation for outdoor or indoor service, you can. 762-5114. Now, you can go and present yourself. But that doesn't mean you're going to get in because, you know, other people might have made a reservation in front of you. But you can take that chance if you want. Or you can make a reservation at 762-5114. We are Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. And we're right there on Rathbun Street. Saw the whole family in there the other night. Roger Savini was there. Matt Moylan was there. Um, Joe Moylan was there. The whole whole gang. It's a nice operation. And uh, they're uh, sort of almost back to full tilt there at Savini's Pomodoro. All right. They're right here in Woonsocket. And it's a, a darn good restaurant for food. Yeah. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. 
How are you doing crossing off little items on your list over there? Chris? I'm, do I'm doing great. One of the things before we take the call, I wanted to compliment you on your new car and especially the color. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the color of my next car. All right. You like that color? I like it. Uh -huh. And it's kind of funny. Um, we, we chatted a little bit before. What color is that? I would, what would you call that? I think color? they call it Garnet. Garnet? Yeah. I like that term. Yeah. It's sort of on the... On the red side? or Yep, it's on the red. It's like a more subdued red. Uh -huh. It's really subdued sharp. Subdued red, I like yep. that. Mm -hmm. But um, interestingly enough, and I could make a snide comment and say I'm a real American because I buy American cars, but that car shows how complicated the world is mm -hmm. because the VIN starts with a three. So it was made in Mexico, but it's a Nissan. But some of the parts were made in Canada, and some mm -hmm. of the parts were made in the U.S. It's it's uh, it's a it's a United Nations car. Yeah, they even put that on the sticker too. Uh, I guess uh, because some people are interested, they want to see how American this foreign car is, right? Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Good luck with it. Thank you. Should we uh, grab another? Absolutely. Call? All right. Hello there. What do you want to say? Um, good morning. I would like to propose. Uh, uh, a theory. Uh, I guess we're playing telephone tag, Mr. Boulay and I, but that will eventually happen. Um, <clears throat> I came up with a theory this morning. I think I'm the first one to come up with it. Uh, I tweeted it out, and I want to run it by you people and see how, how long it will take to go nationally. <clears throat> first of all, it started out by saying that um, the um, the people in Seattle are are um, suing the city, and that they uh, they want people leaving. They're, they're moving, and uh, okay. So I always try to go back to the beginning. If that happens. That property is going to be so devalued, it will be like what they call a fire sale, which, by the way, was the basis of a, a, an old movie, and I say old because it was the last movie my husband ever saw, and it was the first one he had seen in about 10 years, um, <clears throat> with Bruce Willis in that, that, um, that series. So there would be a fire sale of property in that area in Seattle. Now, they want to do it in New York. They're trying to do it in Washington, D.C., blah, blah, blah. Who's going to benefit from that? I can't go in and buy a lot of property. But maybe the people who are funding Antifa. I heard yesterday that they've spent $2 million on, on transportation in the last year. I mean, somebody's funding those groups. Black Lives Matter, at its heart, is a Marxist organization. I'm not saying that everyone who has been protesting and marching, they're either naive, dumb, or... They know what's going on. It's one of those three. But who stands to make money? That's my latest theory. Well, well no, I, I, it makes a lot of sense. In 2014, George Soros was the one behind Black Lives Matter. And uh, George Soros, 89-year-old Hungarian, uh, made some incredible investments. It's worth about $25 billion. He hates America. And he is the enemy, uh, enemy of America, in my opinion. And he's funding these groups, and he's trying to cause the rest. He's trying to make everything a class war and a race war, and, ups and upset the U.S. You know, and, and you know, and I, I gotta throw something out to you know Lisa Bodelli Hunt. I talked to her about when this stuff was going on, and she made that that stuff is not going to happen in our city. And I, I think that's very, very important. And in Seattle, much bigger city, much bigger headaches, but. They let that happen. They let people take over the city, and now it looks like the protesters are leaving. You know, they've, they've done their stuff just like Occupy Wall Street. They're on to something else. Maybe the money ran out. But certainly, your primary duty, if you're the mayor and you're not the public safety director, you work with the public safety director, and you make sure that your citizens are safe. They did not do that in Seattle. No, they didn't. And 
Um, obviously, uh, Mayor Baldelli said that Mayor Baldelli Hunt, her name is Hunt, um, you know, she she said that it wouldn't happen in Woonsocket, and it didn't happen. The, whatever protests were peaceful. There are people in the in the, your community who are trying to stir up racial division or divisiveness, and um, it's sad to see. But I don't think people are as dumb as or as naive. Let me say this: not as trusting. You know, two years ago, or whenever it was that they had that special election, it was, oh, the old guy um, it, against this fresh young guy. Um, this, is, this is not what it's about. It's about socialism and mob rule versus law and order and trying to constantly reform and make our country better. So thank you, Mr. Boulay. I think that's that was uh, exactly the reaction I was looking for because I think that's what it's all about. Now, last thing. Well, Coca-Cola, before you get to the last thing, I'd like to comment on the last thing you talked about. Uh, the answer to your question, many times we'll raise a question and we don't know when the answer is going to come our way. The question that you raised today about uh, whether uh, Woonsocket could become uh, another uh, Flint, Michigan, or another uh, Seattle, or another Dearborn, Michigan, because these are all cities uh, in Michigan, for instance, uh, that um, that actually, when the car manufacturers left the city, the same real estate uh, thing happened where all the houses, uh, you know, dropped in value. But if you want to see, really, the answer to your question, November, you're going to get an answer in November. Either Woonsocket is going to fall to what you were talking about, or Woonsocket is going to make a statement uh, that it wants to be what it is. And um, and voters will do, there will be some voters who won't turn out, and they'll get what they deserve. And then there are some that are going to turn out, they're going to find out that they're in the minority or the majority. I know how I'm going to vote, and I'll be curious to see where I stand among my other Woonsocket voters when the uh, final election count is in. I mean, mm -hmm. just seeing who gets elected and what position they end up in will show you the strength of, uh, of the uh, socialist movement, if you want to call it that, or the progressive movement. I do, I do right? want to call it that. You can call it. I mean, there's a lot of things we can call that, uh, that movement. Uh, but um, we're going to see if they get control, and there's a chance they could get control of our government. And it won't make any difference who the hell the mayor is. Mm -hmm. Could be Ronald okay. Reagan. It yeah. won't matter. Right. Uh, that that is true, and I I just I'm very very concerned about the majority. But I want to make this point. I was with a bunch of seniors last night, and <clears throat> suddenly I don't know if I said something that made them all feel comfortable. But suddenly there's about eight people, and I'm very very careful how I how I. You know, with, on the talk show, I say whatever the heck I want. That's my freedom of expression. But when I'm with people I'm, I don't know, I've only met a few times, I'm very careful. Suddenly, every one of them supported Trump. And they asked me to send him a tweet because they don't know what Twitter is all about. So I did that. But what really struck me was the woman sitting next to me said... This all goes back to that guy, Soros. I said Soros. She said, yeah, that's the one. They know. They realize. And they know this is on us. And the senior people, we need not to be afraid. She said to me she had a parting of ways with a friend of 35 years. And she said... Um, for a long time, we avoided politics, and then she brought it up or made a comment, and she said, we haven't spoken in three weeks. That's sad, but you know what? This is too important. I would, I would cut, not cut off, but I would stop speaking with family if it came to that, because this is too important. Socialism is, mob rule is. This stuff is going on. Wake up. 
Thank you very much. But I, I really think that people people have, follow the money. Somebody, I never made that up, but somebody, somebody said that, and it's very true. Thank you so much, gentlemen. You have a great day. I you love too. WNRI. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your call. Hey, Chris, I have a question for you. George Soros. Um, well, there's somebody out there funding this uh, whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know if it's George Soros or not. Um, how real is that? Is that myth or is that reality? Or um, is it a lot of people like a George Soros of um, like-mindedness all over, the, all over the country, all over the globe, funding this movement? Because I know it's funded by somebody. I just don't know who's paying for it. To, to me, um, all leads back to George Soros. He's got the means to do it. He's worth over $25 billion. And he's got the hatred for America. And for whatever reason, um, he, he feels that way. And he's been attributed to funding a lot of these groups like 2014, Black Lives Matter and, and other groups like that. I think he was behind Occupy Wall Street, too. And he's trying to create chaos. Just like Ronald Reagan said years and years ago, I think it was the 70s, he, he said fascism is going to come through liberalism. What was, what was done to Soros that uh, brought his uh, mind to uh, the mindset that he's at? Do you know? Uh, did somebody do him in? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've read his biography a couple of times, and I don't see the connection. But he feels that he, apparently, you know, from an outside observer, that uh-huh. he's funding these things to create issues in America, and he hates America. And um, is he responsible for all of these things? I, I, I don't think so. But you can go back, and you can see his tentacles on these things, in my opinion. Well, he's doing a good job. Back in a minute. Did you buy an air conditioning system online and had trouble finding someone to help you install your system? Well, let me tell you about Mike's HVAC, who will unpack and completely install your wall and ceiling-mounted units, the outside unit. They'll run all the copper tubing, the electric and signal wires, and add the correct refrigerant to get you up and running. You can... Help or stand aside. If your HVAC is acting up, need service, pick up the phone and call Mike. Here's the number. Write it down. 508-988-0116. And your problems are over. Prices are reasonable and Mike has experience with all brands and will not scold you for not buying from him. That's because Mike's HVAC is professional installations and service. He doesn't sell anything. The number again? 508-988-0116. Hey, Sarah's is now open uh, for uh, takeout, open for outside dining, open for inside dining. As a matter of fact, we were there uh, last night enjoying a nice Sarah's um, dinner. And um, you can call ahead for seating at Sarah's. I did call ahead, and uh, I called 769-3330, and they said, outside or inside? And we said inside. We like air conditioning. And um, uh, we didn't need a reservation for inside dining. Outside dining needed a reservation because uh, that place was was uh, full to capacity as it can be filled to capacity. I mean, they can only seat so many. It's 50% right now. It'll be 66 and two-thirds percent on Sunday uh, after um, we get into phase three. Anyway, Ceros. For lunch and cereals for dinner, outside dining, inside dining, takeout dining. It's a great restaurant. What did I have at Ciro's? Oh, I had uh, the Philly cheese steak sliders with sautéed onions and mushrooms and some great French fries, hand-cut French fries. Absolutely delicious. And where did I enjoy it? Ciro's in the downtown district of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Hey, let's get back. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Chris and Roger have about five minutes here of uh, conversational time. Anything new? 
Uh, just a quick update. I did look up George Soros, and he was worth about $25 billion, but he gave away $32 billion to an organization they call it Open Society Foundation, which I can't believe does all evil, but the, but the process is and what they do a lot is creating anarchy and mm-hmm. creating a division, in my personal opinion. But he, he's given away you know three-quarters of his net worth for the organizations like this. We may have time for one more caller, all right? Absolutely. All right, let's see if we can get it in here. Hello there. Your comments, please. Yes, quickly. Um, you know, there are many people that are supportive of a lot of elements that have proven to be problematic in this country. And Mrs. Clinton is one of them that, when she was in Wellesley in the 60s, was a very big supporter of the Black Panthers and all these other organizations. And, you know, it's interesting because... She probably didn't get what she wanted out of everything, but it doesn't change. And she's not alone, and you have to watch these things carefully because they're still there. That's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you for saying it. We appreciate your call, and um, and um, we are uh, just uh, shy of three minutes. I'm going to let you uh, bring up another topic if you wish, sir. Sure. One of the things that you look for and you look at the liberals and the progressives and how they're doing, and I was very disheartened with the 14th Congressional District in New York State, AOC defeated, which I thought was a great candidate, Michelle Caruso Cabrera, who was a longtime CNBC uh, anchor. And uh, I've seen her for hours and hours, always impressed with her, um, bilingual, Hispanic, um, lived in New York, uh, ran, ran against uh, AOC and got crushed. She basically, it was basically 75% to, uh, to about 19% and a couple of other candidates getting a small amount. And I can make a strong case that the 14th Congressional District of New York State would have been better off without a representative because AOC helped to undermine the multi-billion dollar investment that Amazon was going to make there. Amazon said the reason why they didn't choose New- that her district, which included LaGuardia Airport, as their location because of her and her politics. So she denied tremendous economic opportunity to her own constituents and they voted her back in. That, that's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff and I, I find that very, very uh, disconcerting. And you know what? I connect that to Unsocket in November. I believe that um, if um, uh, that there could be um, a mentality here in town of um, of electing uh, a certain group of people that um, that they're prevailing, and you know you sit here and doing a talk show, you always feel everybody feels the same way as you do, <laughs> and you feel oh everybody thinks of where's that noise coming from? Uh, everybody thinks the same way as you're uh, you're thinking, but uh, they don't. They don't, uh, and and like I said, November is going to be a big benchmark for Roger in terms of uh, knowing where my thinking is um, mentally and and philosophically about uh, about things. I'm I'm going to get quite a I'm going to get a either a resatisfaction of uh, my confidence in the voters, or I'm going to get a kick in the ass. I don't know what it's going <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to find out. And uh, today is June 25th, and November is coming sooner than you think. Well, you have um, 30 seconds to say something if you wish. I do. I always want to say something. Speaking of Matty Yellow, I was on WPRO being interviewed by Gene uh, Valisante last week, and he made a mistake saying he did not realize that there was slavery ever in Rhode Island kind of... uh, for a, such a very smart guy and a polished guy, he came across pretty bad, and it it, uh, it gave his opponents uh, a lot of ammunition. You look at Brown University, you go back there, there's, there's a lot of slavery that happened in Rhode Island and elsewhere in New England. I'm going to give uh, Dr. Patrick Conley, Rhode Island's, uh, to me, best-known historian, I'm going to give him a call, and I'm going to ask him, was there any slavery in Rhode Island, or was it all slave owners who brought slaves into the South and profited. I'm not sure. See you tomorrow on the Upfront Program.